0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Well I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio This is Seth And I just thought I would let everyone know This show tonight This show tonight is A Recorded show I really hope that everyone enjoyed the show. It is one of our most popular shows. The travel shows, all four of them did really good. As you know, many of you know, the first two shows, we talked about international travel. These last two shows, this is the final, uh, uh, the domestic part of it, where we talk about the domestic travel, and um, that's pretty much what it is. Last week uh, was a recorded show. All four of these shows are recorded. Tonight will be a recorded show. I'm here in the... In the studio, so to speak, just to let everyone know that. I won't come on later and let you know, so hopefully everybody is tuned in now where they'll get this warning. Tonight's show is a pre-recorded show, so enjoy the show. We won't take any uh, questions or comments. That don't mean that on the show someone didn't ask questions on this recorded show that happened earlier but uh, as far as tonight live, there will not be any questions. Uh, we will not be taking any questions or comments. So hopefully y'all will enjoy this show. Um, so we'll talk to you next week. We will do a special, a uh, Black History special. I'm looking forward to th- uh, this live show. We haven't done one in like four weeks now, but I've needed this little break. And so we will see you on next week. Love every single one of y'all, enjoy the show, and ain't nothing you can do about it. Again, I love every single one of you. As I say so often, and there is nothing you can do about it. Enjoy the show tonight. Good night. And I just want to remind everybody I'm sorry. I just thought of something. I want to remind everybody, uh, tonight, um, that next week's show. It's going to be a live show, I did, if I didn't already say that. It definitely will be a live show. I don't, I'm, I'm doing three things here at one time, so family, I don't know if I mentioned it or not, family and friends, but the next week's show will definitely be a live show, and we will have our guests on next week. So just tune in next week. All right. God bless.
2: Uh, in the name of Jesus That's right. No weapon formed against me shall prosper Preach. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment Thou shalt Preach. condemn Lord give me a sign But this is the heritage of the service of the Lord Preach. And the righteousness is of me Said the Lord Preach. Amen uh. Lord give me a sign I really need to talk to you Lord Since the last time we talked The walk has been hard Now I know you haven't left me But I feel like I'm alone I'm a big boy now I'm still not grown, and I'm still going through it. Pain and the hurt, soaking up trouble like rain in the dirt. And I know only I can stop the rain with just a mention of my Savior's name. In the name of Jesus, devil, I rebuke you for what I go through. And trying to make me do what I used to. But all that stops right here. As long as the Lord's in my life, I will have no fear. I will know no pain from the light to the dark. I will show no shame, spit it right from the heart. It was right from the start. You held me down and they. They can tell me now, Lord give me a sign, let me know what's on your mind, let me know what I won't find, it's all in time, show me how to teach the mind, show me how to reach the blind, Lord give me a sign, show me what I got to do, to bring me closer to you, cause I'm going to go through whatever you want me to, just let me know what to do. One man gets you trapped, the one hunt trapped in your own mind, waiting on the Lord. A hunt with the word that cuts like a sword. spoken word is stronger than the strongest man. Carries the whole world around strong strongest man. With the time of tribulations, you never let us down. Jesus! Take that back, protect me, and give me the steps to fight. Give me a sign. Let me know what's on your mind.
1: everyone to another episode of blog talk radio this is the host five smooth stones and you listen to brother Seth coming at you another another time for a very exciting show if it ain't exciting I don't do it so that's why I say it every single week I mean very exciting show tonight we continue hopefully finishing up at least as much as I would like to share about my travels throughout the United States. We first started this off with, um, we first of all entitled it Enlightenment. Enlightenment on my travels around the world. And then there was Enlightenment on my travels around the world, part two. And then there was uh, Enlightenment on my travels in the United States. And this will be enlightenment on my travels in the United States, Part 2. Simple and plain. Simple topic. Very, very uh, deep information. At least I think it is. So how is everybody tonight? Hopefully everybody is doing fine. I do mean that. I really care about you, although some of y'all have never met. Well, um, speaking of listeners and people that support me and that have been there since the beginning, seem like, I just want to thank y'all tonight. I um, really want to thank the East Coast. Not that the South and the North and the West Coast don't, those callers don't mean anything to me, but I get a lot of callers from the, uh, and I talked about this a little bit last week, but I get a lot of callers from the, uh, East Coast, and, and uh, I just feel like that is where a lot of people come into reality, probably a lot faster than most of the nation. I don't know if it's because the area just has so many people. and I don't know, but I get most of the callers that, that will listen tonight will no doubt come from the East Coast. So I really want you all to know that I appreciate that. Um so tonight, I plan on covering those states, those cities and states that I did mention on the last show. A few of the places I really didn't get a chance to finish. I started talking about them, but time ran out. So what I like to do tonight is finish up those um, cities that I didn't get a chance to finish. And then um, go ahead and talk about the new ones. Y'all got to bear with me doing like, you know, when I first start the show, I'm always doing about two or three things at the same time. So anyway, um, again, welcome to the show, and I want to thank everybody that is uh, already tuned into the show. I say it every week again, but I really do appreciate it. I really do appreciate y'all, those of y'all that are on time. uh, on the in the chat room on the phone lines, I really really appreciate it. when you're doing these shows it just feels good to have people that um that you know that's on it and that's there where you you can go ahead and start and and do your thing without being delayed so I really really appreciate that okay I also before I begin i don't mention this every week, and I need to, and I just simply don't. But check out my Facebook. Uh, you can get it from the front page, uh, which is com slash the number five underscore smooth underscore stone. Again, www.blogtalkradio.com, then slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. When you get there, click on the Facebook page, and you'll be able to see a lot of these photos that I'm talking about. I haven't put everything on there. I keep saying I'm going to. I keep adding here and there, but. It's kind of boring to do it, but I will be putting up more and more and more. I don't want to put all my business out on the, um, out on the, um, on the internet. But you know, I will be putting more pictures up. Okay, so y'all, please, please uh, check out Facebook so you can see. Because what I did on Facebook, I actually put a bunch of pictures out there. And then what I did is I um made a little subtitle, you know, a little caption describing what what that picture was all about. So if you do like I'm saying and go to Facebook, you'll get to see more than just the pictures. You can see me going into details what those pictures are for. Right now on the show I'm just hidden all of these different places, but I'm I'm not I'm not lingering, I'm not explaining every single photo, so Again, please, please click on the Facebook link. Go there and just enjoy—not just the picture, but the subtitles as well. All right. Second thing I want like to mention, to everybody. That I, you know, uh, did mention uh, earlier is we do have a website. When I say we, I mean Five Smooth Stones, and uh, we. Have a website is right on the same page, right above Facebook my link, and it's called Five Smooth Stones. dot webs w e b s. dot com. That's Five Smooth Stones. dot webs. dot com. Now you can go here and get if you want to know more about this Five Smooth song or these five topics I talk about, you can go to this site, check this out, and hear not only a, uh, an explanation of who or what Five Smooth Stones is, but you can also... Just bear with me here. Click here and... just do a few things here. You can also um, see the vision of five smooth Stone, the goals of five from the Stone, You can see all five topics talked about. You can see travel pictures. You can see pictures of leprosy, you know, that I talk about so often, what real true Bible leprosy is, which is nothing more than a, a type of albinoism and um, a type of, um, I mean, excuse me, I'm saying this wrong. Uh, that's what happened in to kind of do two or these things at one time. Leprosy, a type of leprosy is albinoism. And A type of leprosy is vitiligo. This is the origin of what we call today white skin. Originally, there was albinos and as albinos mix with people, with melanated people, the hair becomes darker, the eyes becomes darker, the white skin becomes darker. This is where we get, again, this is the the evolution of so-called white skin. You know, I don't believe in the so-called white race or the black race. I believe that we're all the same human species, and that um, as far as our looks, it had to do with how we mated with each other. Again, there were albinos, blond hair, blue eyes, or white hair and, and um, blue eyes, or light blue eyes, or gray eyes, and as we as these albinos mixed with with not people, you get the different colors. Everything comes from the darker colors. That's not a racist statement. It's a scientific statement. The black is the dominant gene. We learned that in science, right? Uh, so um, anyway, check that out, folks. Again, Webs. Coming. That's five new stones spelled F I V E, and not the number five. Okay. All right. So got those two things out of the way. Um, I'm going to post on the uh, description page the description of the show. I'm going to post two links. The two links is going to be uh, my travels. Okay. Again, I'm going to post two links. If you click on these links, they'll take you directly to Facebook, and the other one will take you to the5smoothstones.webs.com. right? So, again, I'm going to put two links. Some of you all don't know what links are. They, or You just simply can click on them, or you can highlight them and cut and paste them in the address bar, and it'll, and you can go directly to those websites I just talked about. Okay, so tonight, what cities are we talking about? Some of y'all want to know ahead of time, you don't like waiting. Well, I'll tell you. Like I said, we're going to finish up, first of all, the one we started talking about last week, and we didn't get a chance to finish. I think there's two cities. And uh, one of them was uh, Cincinnati, I think, was one of them. And the other one was, oh, let me see. Before I get into that, we'll get into that. Let me do this. Let me just uh, take a little small break. I want you all to hear something. I want to play this with my other show, the family show. I'm going to play this commercial. But I'm going to go ahead and include y'all on this. This is a little song that I play again with my family. But I want y'all to hear this and take note of this uh, information. It's a little bit off the subject, but it's very, very relevant. I'm trying to get everybody out to listen more to people like Hemp USA. Um, So, again, my family knows about this because we do this particular commercial all the time on my family blog but I've never done it on the uh, Five Smooth Stones blog. So check this out. This is some information about iodine and things good for the body. Hemp USA Airport. Check this out. We'll be right back.
3: Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant Powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant Powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today.
0: If you're taking one, two, five, or more nutritional supplements, please stop. Simplify your supplementation with BioSuperfood, the most advanced nutritional whole food supplement you can buy. Men, women, children, even Olympic athletes the world over have discovered BioSuperfood from BioAge.com. And now take just one nutritional supplement instead of many. The BioSuperfood formulas are whole food products composed with four of the most nutrient-dense algae found on Earth. Bio superfood for the brain helps with focus, memory, clarity and mood. If you can increase brain health, the rest of the body is a no-brainer. Bio superfood has zero toxicity and it's safe for you and your family. Learn more and order your bio superfood formulas at bioage.com spelled b i o a g e.com. bioage.com or call 877-288-9116. That's 877-288-9116. BioAge, the age of advanced organics.
1: Okay, I'm back. All right, so, um, yeah, iodine, Hemp USA, check those people out. Very good people. I don't recommend a whole lot of those folks on the Internet. Um, uh, Just a lot of gimmicks out there, but they're pretty good with with regards to your health food needs, your um, health health supplements, food supplement needs. Okay, So anyway, you're talking Brother Seth again. It's a five smooth song. Tonight we're talking about enlightenment on my travels in the United States. And tonight we hopefully will cover cities like Memphis, Tennessee, San Jose, California, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Seattle, Pasadena, Miami, uh, Kansas City, Missouri, Part 2, New Orleans, Louisiana, Columbus, Ohio, Part 2. Baltimore, Maryland, and more, so let's get right into it. Uh, the purpose of this show is not so much to gloat on the places I've been, which I don't think I've been that many places compared to a whole lot of my friends, um not a whole lot of my friends, but some of my friends um, I like to travel. But what I like more than traveling is the things I learn and the people I meet and the things I see. The knowledge that you get from traveling is more exciting than the airplanes and the buses and the taxis and the whatever. I love meeting new people. I prayed a prayer a long time ago in 1988 that the Father would bless me to, to see something other than the United States version of reality. I don't trust the United States, those people that run the United States. I don't trust uh, these people. I don't trust white people, and I don't trust black people. I don't trust nobody that really, I just don't trust people born in Britain, because a lot of what we're told in the United States is lies, simple and plain. They're just lies, and they have groomed us to serve. White males, the United States, has always been about and for the worship, the worship and the service to white males. There's no hatred on white males because they definitely deserve God's best like anybody else, but what they don't deserve is what the most high deserves, what the most high need and want and require out of us he should be getting and not nobody else. So this, for this reason, I have issues with how we treat the white male in the United States. We're lied to about our history. We're lied to about who we are, who we were, who we're going to be, who we are today, what's going on with us as a people today, what we've done in the past. I mean, we just, just lied to, lied to. We've lied to about who white people are today, what they have done in the past, and what they will be doing in the future. We just are lied to all the way around. I don't trust American history. I don't believe in American history. I don't believe in European history. I think a lot of this lies, and I, and I think the scholars of the world have said that many, many times, including the white scholars themselves. So I'm not bound with white supremacy, period, end of story. I know it may sound offensive, but I'm just being honest. I have found out these things to be not untrue. I'm talking about our teaching, uh, our the educational system of the United States. So I asked the Most how a long time ago, in 1988, after hearing a prophecy by Kenneth Copeland at the Southwest Believers Convention, uh, both in 87 and he did it again in 88, I was fed up of ministers telling black people that, you know, they got something to tell black people, but they can't tell them right now, and just playing games with us as a people when we are coming to them to hear from the Most High. You know, we have the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that you have the Holy Spirit, and you need not that any man should teach you. I'm talking about Second Timothy. The Bible says you have an unction. The exact scripture, it says you have an unction from the Holy Spirit, and you need not that any man should teach you. So what the scripture tells you you have an unction from the Holy Spirit, and you need not. That any man should teach you, then it says what it means and means what it said. So I began to ask this the Most High, can I learn? Uh, can He reveal to me this, that, and the other? I'm not going to go off into that. That's a, a show I've done so many times. And, um, and by the way, that verse uh, is First uh, John, excuse me, First John 2:27. First John 2:27. And uh, those of y'all that didn't catch it again, it says, "But the anointing which you have received of Him abides in you, and you need not that any man teach you." But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it, has, as it has taught you, ye shall abide in him. One more time. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Again, that is 1 John 2.27. So I begin to ask the Father. Can I know these things myself outside of meeting these white males, these white ministers approval? And I apologize for a little noise in the background. I dry the dryer going. And I have to dry some things, and y'all probably is hearing them. I think it just stopped good. But anyway, um, I began to just pray and ask the Father about some of these things, and he began to, uh, 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 well, let me slow down. I began to first pray and ask, For knowledge and asked to be able to see other countries That was in 88 And then when I began to travel uh, And I'm not saying I didn't learn in the United States Most of the stuff I learned was in the United States But when I began to travel I mean things opened up like y'all would not believe I mean those trips to Israel and Ethiopia and India Those trips opened up a whole lot of information I'm telling y'all Especially Ethiopia so tonight, uh, the purpose of the show, I said all that to say, the purpose of the show is not to just talk about where I've been, but really and truly, the spiritual encounters, spiritual encounters, genuine spiritual experiences. As some people would call it, rhema, the, the father makes... That word that we call the Bible come alive And you understand it in a way that people just can't get it Unless it's revealed to them I began to learn things all over the United States And world, but tonight we're not talking about the world We're talking about the United States So, like I said earlier We will talk about places like You wasn't listening earlier Memphis, San Jose, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Seattle, Pasadena, Miami, Kansas City, um, New Orleans, Columbus, Baltimore, and more. Now, so when I share these things, just thank the Father with me for giving this information to me. Thank the Father that he has loved me and enough. Enough to bless me with this information That's all I'm looking for you to do for me Tonight and learn from These experiences go research These experiences and get deeper into them And find more information because Brother Seth Didn't get all of the pie I only got a piece And it's the only thing the most High can trust me with is a piece if he gave any of us more Than a piece of the pie we will Become gods like some of us already have Done with just a little tiny piece So I share These things with y'all tonight Again, not to gloat to myself, not to make y'all feel like, you know, look what I do. But I'm just simply sharing something that I was after praying in eighty eight, the most I answered my prayer and was and allowed me to see the world and see the United States and it and be blessed by some of the brightest people, at least on that topic that I needed. It wasn't perfect, but I was able to see uh, meet some very exciting people. So again, y'all excuse the noise and the background. A few things I've got to do, and I'm trying to do things here one time. But Let's first finish up with Columbus. That was important. Columbus, Columbus is very important to me. Columbus uh, is actually when I left in ninety one in 1981, I actually left uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area and moved out to Columbus because I had met Arlene. Uh, and uh, while I was uh uh in Columbus, I ran across some people, uh bookstore, a very popular bookstore. There are some of y'all in the Columbus store I'm talking about Livingston Avenue. Shout out to those uh in Columbus on Livingston Avenue where they used to have they probably still do have that bl- black bookstore. But their black bookstore used to employ a gentleman by the name of No More X. No More X. How about that for a name? You know, and, uh, the Muslims would say so and so X, Malcolm X, you know, this person X, that person X. Well, this brother named himself No More X. That means I no longer will put an X to my name indicating that I don't know who I am. I know who I am. So I'm no more an ex. And that's what he called himself. And some of y'all know this brother. And he, you know what this brother can do. This brother, uh, knowledge, you know, he worked at the bookstore, and he greeted you, and he came with the thunder. This brother here was very knowledgeable about what our people has had have, have been through. He was very knowledgeable about, uh, about, just about Black History. Was it shortened like that?
2: So one day,
1: me and Arlene, my uh, newly wife, was just we began to study the Bible. Of course, get deeper. In. 1991 is when I found out we were Israelites, and um, we just began to start really questioning a lot of things we had been taught, and that led us to this bookstore. And there was this gentleman by the name of No More X, right there in Columbus, Ohio, on Livingston Avenue. And he began to start really, uh, we had this one conversation. I'm going to talk a little fast because i got a lot of ground to cover, and i got to get all these cities in. Um, again, there's more cities in I name. I mean, there's also travels to Gary, Indiana, Indianapolis, and, uh, parts of Kentucky, and there's a whole lot more that I need to name. So we'll try to get all this, get as much in as we can. All right. So uh, there we were with no more X. And uh, he began to talk about King James Y'all know who King James is This guy that wrote They didn't write the Bible But he presented a version of the Bible The King James Version of the Bible The King James Version of Bible To make the long story short We started to defend King James Because his brother was coming at King James In a way we never heard Somebody was a homosexual And this and that and the other And uh, we was offended As you probably would think You know, being Believers, and hearing this man rip up our faith, we were offended. So we began to defend our faith best we could. So trying to defend King James. And I remember this brother just like yesterday saying to me, why are y'all defending this homosexual? It is notorious that this man was with little boys, and not just him but lots of kings back in the time. But he was notorious, and they began to just rip King James every which way. He began to rip King James every which way possible. And I've heard some of these things before, but you just kind of, you know, put them out of your mind. So there we were um, uh, trying to defend King James. Now watch what happened. Next thing I know, we, Arlene and I, had nothing to do, nowhere to run nowhere to run we just felt like this guy is really getting us and that's a pretty bad situation to be when you can't defend your own face but that's exactly where we were we just was not able to come back with answers that sound even intelligent uh, against this brother so i remember just after he got done talking about all the king and he was naming dates and times and Sources and I mean he was he knew his stuff We didn't we wasn't aware We was On um, Uncertain grounds Make the long story short I, I begin to say this to him I said well listen no more ex I had nothing else to say to this brother But this one comment I said well Christ said I said, maybe the Bible has been tampered with. Maybe King James was all these things you said. I don't know. I wasn't there. But I said, Christ did tell us that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us into all truth. So even if the Bible has been tampered with, books missing, duplicate chapters, whatever you want to say, no more X. If the Father wanted to, he can rewrite this whole book. Because he's got vessels to do that in It's the Holy Spirit that moved on people to write And I never will forget this gentleman's response He said to me Now you're talking Now you're talking And there was a look It wasn't so much that's what he said as how he said it He had nowhere else to go and I said all that to say, you know, because tonight we're talking about enlightenment. Enlightenment on my travels in the United States. And that was a moment right there on Livingston Avenue at that bookstore in the Bexley area, right, right outside Bexley, where I and my wife was enlightened. And we have since then begin to understand that yes, the Bible has been tampered with. Shouldn't rock your faith. Shouldn't cause you to give up on the Most High. Yes, 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 your Bible has been tampered with. Yes, there are books missing. Yes, there are duplicate chapl- chapters. That means you can turn to one chapter and start reading. I could be in a complete different book of the Bible, and my Bible will read exactly what you're reading. There's probably about three or four duplicate chapters in the Bible. Email me if you want me to get that for you. I can get it. It's not a problem. So and there, the strange thing about the duplicate, duplicate chapters is, I don't know, this should be encouraging to some. Some may found it not so discouraging, but the thing about it is, the two chapters pretty much lined up. So it could be the most high way of saying that my word is true. See, here's somebody actually duplicated and it's still right. Or in one of the duplications, I know for a fact there are numbers, like in, I'm just making up something, say something like, and Joshua had 3,000 chariots. And this other chapter says and Joshua had 5,000 chariots. So there is a discrepancy. That's true. I wouldn't. I, I'm telling you, I wouldn't say it unless it was true. I'm not trying to. I just keep it real. But having said all of that, that book has enough truth in it to set it to 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 deliver, or to set free, or to give peace and joy to anybody that would apply the principles. Those principles are going to be. Alive, they're alive and well. There is a God. There was a Christ, and uh, hopefully you already know that and is applying those scriptures to your life. So, no more X. Ex- very enlightening moment. We had lots of enlightenment moments in Columbus, Ohio. I take you to another uh, setup. I mean, uh, another era, another scene. This would be with. Uh and not so much a scene, but there's also was a church there named ASAC. Asap, African-American, spiritual, no. Um, yes, African-American, spiritual awareness crusade. Now, I know mean, that's a weird name for a church, but that was a church, and it was a very good church. Um, had all of the, you know, we had the scriptures. I went there for a while. We had scriptures. We read the Bible. Nothing strange. Just like any other chap of any other church, except there was strong emphasis on blacks in the Bible and, and, and African American accomplishments, and all of that was presented with much love and respect for all people,
2: but in light of
1: the Bible. So here was a church that was talking about the, ethnic, the ethnicity of the people of the book, uh, talking about a. Uh, who were the real Jews were, why it mattered, why it had everything to do with our life to date. And uh, this church, again, was called African-American, where uh, uh, African-American ASAC is what it was called. And so uh, I've got to go, it's been a while. That church has been gone for a while, and they've probably have changed. It may be still around while now, I think, about it. but I have not uh, Pastor Weston. I know he passed on, and, I don't even know if he's still around, but African-American Spiritual Awareness Crusade is what ASAC stood for. I do remember that part. But this church, a lot of people came through there and was blessed. As a matter of fact, Ben-Ami himself from Demona Israel came through there and actually ministered there in um, Columbus, Ohio. So shout out again to those in Columbus, Ohio that visited or that was a part of the ASAC movement and whatever movement that that was birthed from A second that's going on in Columbus, y'all holler holler at me, let me know what's going on. I would love to know. So I hadn't been there in a while. I ministered there many, many times and uh I wouldn't say many times. But it, it, yeah, it was a, it was quite a few times. So and uh Pastor Weston good friend of mine and uh, we just used to stay up all night just talking about things and, and I just really miss him. Um uh, but anyway Again, African American Spiritual Awareness School say, here was a place where uh, that was on the cutting edge of teaching. I mean, Ohio had nothing like ASAP. And uh, it was just a young man, you know, uh, that said, hey, I want the truth for my people. I don't care how controversial it may be. I want it. If it's in that word, if it's in the Bible, if Christ taught it, if Christ was about it, that's what I'm about. And he began to just teach and a lot of people said, oh, you know, why does it matter what color Christ was? And, and we let them know that it doesn't matter. It matters to somebody, though, that they would go all around the world putting up these white images, and we've got to get to the bottom of why they have made it possible. Why, why, excuse me here, everybody, sorry about this. We was trying to let people understand why other people was making it. A part of their doctrine, Why they have to have these images when these missionaries go into Africa? And what was their true agenda? So ASAC is one of those churches with the investigative lens, looking at into white supremacy practiced by churches, by uh, missionaries. What were they really taking to Africa? Why does China not want the gospel? We begin to look at all kind of things, and we. Talked about things that was uncomfortable, like leprosy. I talked so many times about leprosy, you know, and and uh, people kind of looked shocked, but they was like, they will come at, they'll come after you because they get they open up their Bible and they'll come after you if it didn't, if it didn't make spiritual sense. So Asac was one of those places that encouraged me, got behind me, challenged me, uh, learned so much together. I'm strong people there, the most high. Columbus, Columbus, Columbus. Columbus, Columbus, Columbus. So many things happened with that church ASAC and uh just uh, um different things they taught. They was into diet. They was into uh again uh, uh we're talking about my enlightenment. Moments of enlightenment on my travels in the United States and Columbus Ohio is one of those places that have birthed me. Uh you know, I had places in Fort Worth that was nice to me Kind to me like Holy Tabernacle Church of God in Christ Bishop, I mean, uh, Bishop uh, R.L. Sample who was the first Person that really believed in what Brother Seth had to say and this is Where I was mightily used by the Most High Lots of people healed I prayed for lots of people that was healed Matter of fact it happened so much at Holy Tabernacle And this was back when again Tam Mann went there some of y'all know her from Tyler Perry movies um, And uh, we began to they begin. people, some people got healed. Them uh, samples said wow, this guy really is something. So uh, he placed me over the average there for a second. I know some of y'all may have, find it hard to believe, but, hey, I don't know what to tell you. You can always call him and ask him. But uh, it's been a while since I've I did see him in Columbus, uh, Cincinnati. He came through Cincinnati. Uh, he, mean and uh, Bishop R.L. Sample, Came to Cincinnati for a Church of God in Christ meeting and I talked to him. So he definitely stayed in and Brother Seth. We were right along. Columbus, Columbus, Columbus. I can never say enough about a Columbus. If I think of something, I'm going to jump right back to it. But I want to move on to now another city, and that was Miami. Miami, Miami. Talked about Miami a little bit, but I wanted to finish up Miami. Miami was uh, a place where uh, several things happened. Several things happen. I remember in Miami uh, spending time with Isaiah Thomas on that, uh, Isaiah Thomas, Gary Ellison, and uh, to get who all of some brothers that love the most, I. and we walked the Miami beach, uh, 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 beachfront. Uh, I can still see the skaters and all the lights there. But uh, Miami was a place where I, the thing that stick out to me, my most enlightened moment, was actually came at uh, with my experience with Louis Farrakhan. Now, I've I already loved Louis Farrakhan. I already loved him. I already believe, and still believe, that he is the biggest voice, strongest voice that we have, the clearest voice as to what our people is going through. Louis Farrakhan gonna tell you exactly the state of our people. He's not gonna pull no punches. And white people, I have found out, love him. Jewish, so-called Jewish, they're not the real Jews, but those that are Jews that I call by religion that lives in Israel, love him. Believe that. Do not buy the height that everybody try to bring up whenever you say the word Farrakhan. He's anti-Semitic and all this stuff. This man, have, have, if you go to see him in person, will have Jews there. There i be a whole lot of them, but the death be there. Whites will be there for sure, and black people will mostly be there. But I went to see him in Miami. I never will forget. It. Thanks to Brother Gary for organizing all this. He was saying, hey, let's go see it. So he was down there, and Gary showed me around Liberty City and we went all over uh, Miami. But uh, when we got to that, that coliseum, that uh, convention center, a beautiful convention center in Miami. I have hopefully they got it. And I walked in there. It was I got my mind blown. I mean, as much as I liked Farrakhan, because I saw him at our convention center. This is when he was going his tour. Everybody and he was packing out convention centers. Everywhere he went, he packed it out. I mean, it almost sold out. And this was a event that was free. And he would sell it out. I mean, I mean, not sell out, but just capacity full. And so, I went to here in Miami, you know, and, uh, but I wasn't a, I was not prepared for what I was about to see. Again, another moment of enlightenment. Here's when I found out how powerful this brother, how powerful his message, I should say, was to our people. Uh, we got there a little bit early, about 30 minutes early, and, uh, I began to see people cry out, just like the Million Man's March. You remember, after so long, they had all them speakers, and everybody began to start chanting, Farrakhan, con. Farrakhan. Con. Y'all remember the Million Man's March? That's the way this was. There began to be people crying out, Farrakhan. And they, I mean, it was so emotional. And I kept thinking, wow, wow, they just, are they worshiping this man? But when he would get up and begin to speak, I saw what was happening. You see, there's not too many people that can articulate black man's pain. Now, our women, outside of the black man, now our women can go pretty close. They can talk about it because they live with us. But they can go so far and they get tired of hearing it. They don't want to talk about it too much. Our women, they can only go so far. Then it they just, gets, they just can and go so far. Nobody can articulate the pain of our people like on the planet I'm talking about, outside, more so to me, to me, than the one and only Louis Farrakhan. So this is one of those days that this brother articulated very well. The press was there in big numbers off to his uh, right as he was ministering. And uh, here we got this another um, uh, jam-packed, pastly completed, A field capacity crowd, whites are there, blacks are there, Hispanics are there, Jews are there, but mostly black people. Then do they search? You know, they always search when you go see him because they don't want nobody in there trying to assassinate him. So they went to this heavy search. I didn't mind them searching me. Women get searched, men get searched, everybody gets searched. And this man was in there, and he began. I just began to start seeing uh, the brothers just get emotional over it. And I never will forget that. And then he began to start sharing with the, uh, the people about the pain of, of African-Americans. And I began to see just the just the audience, the body language, the words, the expressions. And, again, this is enlightenment because up until then, even though I liked Lewis Farrakhan, I was 100% for him because I'd just been listening to the media and they had me and everybody else thinking this man was a hater and all this stuff. But this was his moment for me. This is when I think Farrakhan really won my heart, whatever or whatever little bit he had, is his speech in Miami. I forget the year. But this was a serious time of enlightenment. And I'm going to say this to all of y'all out there that listen to Farrakhan or that don't like him. You know, you got to learn to do what you do with white people. You listen to all these racist people on TV every day, you sit down there with your remote and your, your beer or some of y'all don't drink. You got your juice and you got your little remote there and you, you're comfortable with your feet propped up on them. And you listen to folks that, that hate your guts, that hate your people every single day, that always trying to find anything for President Barack Obama does. They're always trying to find something wrong with any black people in power. And yet, we listen to these people, these quacks, every day, every day, all day. Have no problems with it. I shouldn't say quacks. But these quacky people, we listen to them all day long. Now, here's a man, even if he did say some things about the so-called Jews that he shouldn't have said, he won't be the first person who ever spoke out against some people. And y'all go see some of these races. You pay money to see some of these racist actors run up and down the screen that don't care a flip about you. You need to do what I did when I, when I first tried to come against Farrakhan. And my friend told me, she said, why don't you like Farrakhan? I said, well, I don't like anybody. Don't have enough. I'm not going to listen to anybody give me advice if they don't have enough sense to accept. The, at the time, I said, Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. And she said, you know, she listened. And then she said, you know what, Seth? She said, I have a degree, and it's by educated. Uh, she says I'm educated, so much so I have a degree, and uh, I make a very good living. And she re- really did. I make a good living. Uh, I Have my own house, cars paid off. Uh, our car was paid off. I think it was BMW at the time, a later model. B. I mean, she just had. All the little toys that some of y'all think is so impressive. So and she was saying that all this stuff I got by listening to people who I know for a fact some of them could care less if I live or die, and they definitely care about my people, by black people. But she went there and listened to these racist teachers, some of them, some of them, not all of them. I'm not saying that all of them, please. But she listened to a lot of these people that was biased against Africa, biased against black people. Even if they weren't racist, they were biased. And so she was saying, I've been educated by all these people, and now because I'm educated, I have all this stuff that you see. Because we would always her place at the time. And she said, you're telling me not to listen to a man, speaking of Farrakhan, who have to have bodyguards around him 24-7, who have been fighting for our people since we can, as far back as we can go in Farrakhan. And you telling me I can't listen to him? And it really hit me just the right way. And I'm not saying this. I'm not putting it out there like she did. But she was saying to me, how dare you tell me not to trust somebody that loves me, that's fighting for me, and that's been there for me, and been there for our people, even when I wasn't thinking about our people. He was there fighting for us and speaking out for us and trying to get things for us. And I'm not supposed to believe in him, that really messed with my head. And that's when I started to listen to him. So I've always liked, not always, I I began to start liking him at that point. So I listened to him at that point. uh, But my auntie changed me. So that's what happened in Miami, Florida, There were some other things I saw in Miami. It's just I'm trying to stick with the things most important. I went had a chance to visit Liberty City and see the pain of our people, the poverty there, and I saw some other things. If something else pops in my head, I'll bring it back up, because sometimes they just don't come up when I'm doing these shows, and then later on i say, oh, I can't believe I didn't say this about Miami. But uh, that's all I can think of uh, about Miami as far as enlightenment. I want to move, uh, switch to the East Coast right quick, uh, West Coast, excuse me, and to a place called Pasadena, California, Pasadena, where they had the, um, where Michael Jackson, uh, where they had a Super Bowl. I was able to attend it with Michael Jackson, uh, but I ain't talking about Super Bowl tonight. Uh, and they had the, uh, my phone just beat. Let me make sure I'm not getting out of juice here. There we go. Uh, that was uh some people I visited. I got this uh paper one time, somebody handed it to me, and it was called Did You Know this something to the effect of Did You Know that black people are African American were or the original Israelites? It was a flyer somebody handed me and I don't I don't know how I got this flyer but I remember reading it I was very impressed with the way it was put together. Watch this, folks. Check this out. So I called the phone number of this person, and this person lived, in this group, this organization was from Pasadena, California. Now, I had heard about the Israelite thing and just I'm trying to figure uh, had I accepted it at that time. I don't think I had accepted it at that time. Again, this is one of those enlightening moments. Uh, This is probably one of the – right after uh, I first heard this and got curious, started kind of paying attention, I ran across this uh, piece of information. So I ended up flying to Pasadena, California, to meet with this Hebrew Israelite organization. Don't ask for the name. I don't remember. It's been too long. I'm sure if I find them through all these boxes and pictures and photos I have, I can find it, but right now I know that the leader' name was Moses. That leader was his name. Uh, his real name was Moses. I just forget his last name, and I think he was from the Caribbean. Some of y'all who may know him, just simply send me a little message and uh, email me or something. Let me remind me because I don't can't think of it right now. But anyway, Brother Moses was from um, um, Haiti, I believe it was. No, he wasn't from Haiti. No, he wasn't. This is from Jamaica. But he had a, a love for the uh, the president of Haiti, and he felt like the Most High wanted to do something with him, and uh, he, ended, he ended up uh, meeting the president of Haiti. It's a long story about what Moses actually did, this gentleman called Moses. But anyway, watch this. This is a very interesting story. So I ended up going up to Pasadena, California, met this little group, and this is the first time I saw what they call community living. Y'all ever heard that community living? That's when everybody share everything. Um, you share everything uh, as far as uh, cars, all material things. Of course, you don't share your wife. I'm crazy like that, but you share everything else: uh, cars, living space. You know, couple. Um, you have your privacy, but. Uh, It was very interesting, okay? It's the first time, again, I witnessed the whole community living. So I began to ask questions, and uh, uh, these people were bent on believing that the African-Americans was a lost tribe of Israel and that they were just returning to the way that we are to live as people, which Israel had this community lifestyle. And I began to question that and ask about the whole couple thing, and, you know, they didn't believe in multiple wives or nothing like that, but they definitely believed in keeping the feast days, and they kept the Shabbat, the Shabbat or the Sabbath, and uh, one thing that attracted me to them was the whole leprosy thing, the leprosy thing, because I told you I was flirting with this idea of us being Israelite. I had been hearing it, hearing it, and I was trying to embrace it in my spirit. I think I was but I wasn't quite 100% yet. You know, I just didn't know how to get out in 2012. Okay, what if we are the real Jews? What if we are one of the lost tribes? Yes, I know we have meet the qualifications or the prophecies that Moses said in Deuteronomy 28, verse 46. You know, he said that these things are going to be upon Israel, these blessings or these curses. It's going to be upon Israel forever, according to Deuteronomy 28, again, verse 46. And so I knew that African-Americans lived out these prophetic prophecies, these prophecies more than any other people. I knew that. I knew that, but I just didn't know what, what do you do about the feast days. And we live in America, and how are we supposed to keep the Sabbath, and we got to work, and how do you all do this? And they were the first model that I saw prior to even going to Demona, Israel, uh, those many times I went. Pasadena, California. Moses and his group up there—I forget his last name. it will probably come in before I, if I say his name, enough, I'm sure to come. But uh, that brother and that group of people, and he had a nice little group. They had about five, five duplexes or houses or just, they had they had the resources to live comfortably, and I mean, wasn't no poverty among them. They worked, but when they got home. They put their car keys up on a particular hook or whatever they put their keys, and anybody need that car could take it. Any family could come and take that car. And you basically checked out the car. You know, you wrote your name down or wherever you were going. Or, or maybe I'm trying to think if they even had it, you have to write it down, but they had a system where there was never any lack, just like they did in the Book of Acts where it says no man counted their material possessions themselves. Of their own, but every man came and laid their possession at the apostles' feet. Y'all know what I'm talking about in the book of Acts. So this is what happened. These people began to start sharing. So again, we're talking about enlightenment on my travels in the United States. Well, this was a big one right there in Pasadena, California. The first Hebrew Israelites, again prior to me going to see him. The big gigantic what is it, four thousand Israelites in Israel? This was before that. And they, I was impressed. I really was. Didn't think people can do that. Didn't think people uh, were unselfish enough to do something like that. But I actually saw uh, Pasadena, uh, and and I'm sorry I don't have that name of the gentleman. Uh, and last I heard, they moved as a group to Miami. Uh, so some of y'all may know what I'm talking about. If you do, just simply say, "Hey, brother, that you talking about blah blah blah," but I do know one thing in. Um, uh, that I will share with you, this may help some of y'all who do know, who may know who I'm talking about. This brother that they called Moses was a bad boy academically. This was a, a, one of the smartest, they recruited him from wherever he was from. I remember this brother getting high marks with whatever the highest grade is. I don't know if 4.0 used to be, it, but I remember all throughout his college years, he was always the brightest. And been, his mom and dad was so upset with him because he didn't aspire to be things like a doctor, a lawyer. It was so said that Moses was constantly concerned about being a type of Moses for this group. He was determined to move these people to Israel. That was his goal. That was their goal, and they was just preparing by practicing this community living to get the people ready to move to Israel. You know, the Bible says that the Israelites would return, and they have been returning uh, but not like we think because Israel's uh, policy, this so-called Aliyah or the Aliyah, law of return that Israel has for the for, for the Jews to return, that message is so racist and funny. They should not call it that. I'm so disappointed in that, you know, you go there, it is so, so whitewashed, everything. You go to that in dawn there you're in Africa and, and you go up in Jerusalem, there ain't no black images in the holy shrine except Except talking about the domestic travel, I don't mean to get on Israel because we talked about that to death the other night. But I gotta say this because I brought it up. But if you happen to go to Israel and you know somebody go to Israel, be sure and tell them when they're looking at the memorial for the to the Mother Mary. And it's only one way you can walk into that memorial. You can't miss it. It's the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, the main place everybody goes when they go to Israel. If you don't go there, you didn't even go to Israel. This is where it's all that everybody goes to that one place. It's the most, most visited place on the planet. It's the most populated place, more popular than Disney, or was. But when you go there, if before you walk into that memorial park, as you're standing, just as though you was walking in, look off to your right in the corner. It's going to be a dark area that nobody ever think about. You're going to see five paintings. Five paintings. Go over and look at those paintings. It's going to be in the dark, so you're going to feel like you need to be over there because it's in the dark. But those are very, with a capital V, very dark images of Moses, patriarchs. Moses, I don't know who all it is I, uh, because I know one of them was Moses going he had the tablets in his hand, but I think of Christ. And you've got to ask yourself, why did the Israelis have these black images off over here to the right? When you get the answer to that, let me know. But they're there. And I, to a guide who takes us all around. Uh, when I go to Israel, we go down and see the brothers of Zemona, they take us all around the land. We don't just go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where the cameras are at, and that's where the deception is at. They want to make sure you think everything is lily white. you got to get away from them people, the money, them, 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 them robbers, and go see the real Israel, go to the real Bethlehem. I mean, you go to Bethlehem, you're going to see the, the, the black images. But you'll see that that land is very dark-skinned people, very dark-skinned people. I'm not talking about the light-skinned people. There's a lot of dark-skinned people in that region because you are technically in Africa. If you respect what they did in separating those lands by the Suez Canal, then that's on you. But for real, for real, the most high don't acknowledge the Suez Canal. That land is locked. That land is locked. You should be able to walk over from Africa into Israel. That's the way our forefathers had it. But anyway... Moses, my brother from Pasadena, California, had plans to move these people to Israel, far as I know they could be in Israel. So that was an enlightening point that I experienced. And I'll tell you something funny that happened. Most of them believe like I believe. When I say Moses, I'm talking about the brother in Pasadena that had the group that practiced community living. And, uh, again, it was a holistic thing. I mean, they was the real deal. They ate well. They exercised. They lived. They lived in the, the, the scriptures. And they even had uh, a brother that, I don't know what his ethnic group was. He looks white to be white. And uh, he said something to me that I'll never forget. We was talking about leprosy because these people, Moses and his people, they knew about leprosy. And that was something that, that blew me away because, you know, I was so impressed by that. But Moses Believe, I excuse me. This white gentleman that's a part of the group believed that he was a leper. I know, I know, some of y'all was going, "What?" Keep in mind, at at this show, at Five Smooth Stones, the show you're listening to, we believe that leprosy, a type of leprosy, I said, a one type of leprosy, is nothing more than just white skin. As a matter of fact, leprosy, when you say the word leprosy, if you would replace the word leprosy with the word white, the Bible, especially Leviticus 13, would make a whole lot more sense. Let me me give you an example of what I'm talking about. And Moses, the Bible says, and Moses' hand became leprous as snow. And Moses' hand became leprous as snow. Moses was smitten with leprosy. And whatever leprosy is, Moses got it. But listen how the Bible describes it. And Moses' hand was leprous as whatever come after the word as is going to tell you how it looked. Leprous as snow. Snow is only known for two things: to be white and to be ice. Moses' hand became leprous as snow. His his hand just simply was white. Some of you say, Oh, you are twisting those verses, and you twisting that verse. Did you know Miriam was smitten with leprosy? And the Bible said to used the exact verbiage. And Miriam, after she spoke out against Moses, marrying the Ethiopian woman. Miriam, Moses' sister, spoke out against Moses switching tribes. This is not a white man marrying a black woman like a lot of teachers teach. This is just a black Tribe marrying another black tribe, just like in Africa today. There's beef when one tribe marry another tribe. They don't want tribes to mix, certain tribes to mix in Africa. That's all this was. Moses is part of the Hebrew Israelites. They are dark skinned people. He marries Ethiopians. Ethiopians don't have a relationship with the Most High at the time. They definitely do now. They didn't at the time. And Miriam felt like, why are you marrying these ungodly people? not knowing who, who Moses' wife would be, she just judged the woman. And the most high smit smit uh, smote, I should say, smote Miriam with this thing called leprosy. And the Bible describes it as such. And Miriam and Miriam and Miriam became leprous as snow. There it is again, the same verbiage. So you think the most I don't know how to use another word? Excuse me, y'all, I'm making a little noise there. But white skin in biblical days was looked at as though it was a curse. It ain't me saying that I can prove it, folks. Watch this real quick before you run run away from the sight and think Brother Tess is gonna lost his mind. This is gonna prove it real quick. And I gotta move on because we're talking about my travels. Tell my Pasadena, this white guy get ready. He tells me he's a leper, and it's gonna make sense to you when I when I'm done saying this. It's gonna make sense what he says in a second. Listen to this scripture. The Bible says in Leviticus 13 and 13, when you begin to start turning white, that once you once you turn all white, this was vitiligo, what so we call it today. Today we call it vitiligo, but the Bible's talking about when you when you turn white, when you turn white you begin to start turning white. And when you totally turn all white, and remember, we're talking about leprosy. The Bible says, when you're covered with this leprosy, when you're covered with white, excuse me, let me say it the way it says it. When you're covered with white skin from head to toe, when you're covered with this, then you are clean. Now, if leprosy was sores and pus and, and, and uh, scab and all of this, why would the Most High say when you cover from head to toe with this whiteness, then you're clean? If it's, if it's what y'all think it is, some of y'all think it is, why would He say when you cover from head to toe, you're better off? If it's sores, you're better off with one sore, not sores all over your body. This person is just simply white. The Bible talks about in Leviticus thirteen thirteen When this thing spread all over their body and they're completely white, all over, they are considered clean. The word clean in the Old Testament just means accepted. So when they're covered with this thing that the Bible's calling leprosy, they are clean. They're still a leper, but they're a clean leper. A clean leper was just a white-skinned person or a dark-skinned person with a spot on their hand that passed the examination of the priest. They were supposed to look at that spot and certain things were supposed to happen to that spot. They could have been dark-skinned or light-skinned. Dark-skinned means they could have had a spot that was white or they could be completely white from the top of their head to the sole of their feet and they would be considered clean. There is also unclean, which means you either are white or you might be a dark-skinned person with a spot that is unaccepted. And the, the Levites was to look at that spot on this dark-skinned person and tell you whether or not that spot was unclean, which means unaccepted, or clean, which means accepted. So there was two types of lepers in the Bible's days, those that was unclean, unaccepted, and those that was clean, accepted. Some of them was dark-skinned. Some of them was white. I can prove this so many ways, and y'all know when I'm talking about this to death, I can't take another second talking about it. If you don't believe me or if you have trouble with it, look at my show where we talk about leprosy. We go through the Bible, and we go through other parts of the Bible, and we prove this thing without know, without, easily. So, again, y'all check it out. So Pasadena was an enlightened moment in my life. Pasadena, Pasadena. So tonight, Again, for those just tuning in, I'm talking about my enlightenment, things that I learned with regards to the five topics we talk about, leprosy, white supremacy, one world government, okay? Let me have to say it again. Leprosy, white supremacy, one world government, the whole revelation about who the true Jews is, and the last but not least, the topic we talk about this kingdom, the kingdom that is coming, that's already here. So we're talking about places that I've traveled that helped birth these subjects in my heart, in my spirit, to where I talk about them so much. Places I've been that added to me, places I've been that added to these these subjects that gave me credence, that supported me, that that, that informed me. Different people, places, and things that have created this thing we call five smooth stones. And I just talked about Pasadena. Uh, I went there, and oh, I forgot to, make, to, to finish the story. But anyway, this brother was this white gentleman, he was a part of the community. Just to let you know, these people weren't preaching no hate. He just happened to endorse the fact that yeah, African Americans are Israelites, and I'm not gonna miss the boat. I want I want my blessing too, so I'm with y'all. This white guy was he was a real deal. He was there. I mean, he supported them. See, that's what I mean. It's, it's a lot of our white brothers and sisters out here. They could give a flip by what color Israel was. They just want to support the true Israelites, and they want to be a part of whatever the Most High is doing, either with the Israelites or without the Israelites. They just want to be in, in, in the Most High's will, and that's how they think. Some of the other people, some of our white brothers and sisters, and some of our so-called black brothers and sisters, because, again, I don't believe in the concept of white and black. I just said so y'all know who I'm talking about. I think we're just one people, only thing that separates us with the different degrees of melanin. I have to say black and white for some of y'all, that's all y'all understand. By the way, this so-called white brother was uh, with this community in Pasadena, and he said to me, we saw my leprosy. He said this to me. first time I ever heard a white person say this. He said, I'm a leper, but I'm a cleansed one. And my friend and I, we looked at each other like, what? And I, his name was Noel. Was it Noel? Noel. We said, No. Noel, if that was his name, started with the N. We said, uh, say it again. We said, "We." I said, I just don't hear like you say that often. Say that again. We know you're telling the truth, but we just don't hear people acknowledge it. Say that again. He said, again, I know I'm a leper, but I'm a one. And that's the kind of truth that this group walked in. See, in biblical day, he was just saying that he really don't have to say that now because Christ have come and died and rose. None of that stuff matters as far as Who's accepted with the most high man? Now the most high will use anybody that call on him, seek his face. Anybody. It's whosoever will let them come now. But in Bible days, according to the Levites and the laws that they was given, I'm telling y'all, white skin in the Bible days was looked at as though it was it wasn't as though it was a plague. To not have pigmentation was no joke You didn't want to be in the Bible Those people That book is full of dark skinned people Or let's say it more professionally Let's say it more scripturally The Bible is full of Dust colored people The Bible Is full of dust colored people That's what it says God made men of the dust of the earth And so someone once told me Well yeah but that dust out there That's not the color Adam was How do you know that Well it's very simple very simple. The Bible says, Adam, since you have sinned, dust thou art, you are dust, and dust shall you return. Well, we, we couldn't see how Adam looked. So when he said, dust thou art, we couldn't see. Yes, Father, we see that. We, we wasn't there. We, we couldn't see. So we don't know how Adam looked. True. True. But listen what he said after that. And dust shall you return. Now that we can see. We see what happens when we return back to to the earth. We see everybody, but everybody returns back, dust colored. As a matter of fact, no matter how white you are, if we don't bury you very quickly, the whiter you are, the faster we have to have your funeral because your body begins to get darker. Not so with dust colored people. You can wait a little longer. It's not a racist message. I don't know why people even think that. And the only reason why we think that is because we live in America, and we've been brainwashed at everything, but everything initiated with Caucasians. And so when somebody comes along with truth, it just sounds crazy because we've been told other things too often. Well, you met your match tonight if that's you because I don't preach hate. I ain't about to preach hate. And if anybody that preach hate can't hang with me, the Bible says whatsoever is not done out of love is a sin. If you're not in love, it's a sin. Sometimes the truth, though, just the bare-naked truth, is offensive. But it's only offensive because we built up on a false foundation. Moving right along, that was Pasadena. That was Pasadena. I want to welcome everybody in the, in the chat room. I didn't have a chance to say anything yet to you. Those of you in the chat room, welcome all the different guests there. And Miss Mary Lou Who, don't know you, but welcome to Five Smooth Stones. And those of you on the, on the phone lines, uh, again, welcome, welcome, welcome. If y'all have any questions on the phone line, press one. You have any, phone, uh, message, any uh, comments in the chat room, Yeah, nay, questions, comments, pro or for, for or against, let me know. All right, moving right along. We talked about uh, uh, Columbus, Pasadena, and Miami. Well, now let's talk about Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia, we talked about already last. Last show, but I didn't get a chance to get off into it. I wanted to add to what I've already said about Atlanta. I talked about the um, a Million Man, the challenge, the uh, counter march, the counter march by TD Jakes of the of, of Faircon. Uh, Jakes said we shouldn't support Faircon. I'm going to call my own march. So uh, this was very an enlightening moment for me as to what happened with this march. I went there because I'm listening to my friends. Brother Seth, why are you going to support Farrakhan? You're a Christian. You're a believer. You have no business out there with this man believing in this God, this deity God called Allah, which I found out later, Allah. <laughs> it's just simply Arabic for God. Y'all, please, Christians, believers, quit saying that Allah is some wooden God. I had a Muslim brother to tell me one time, he said, Brother, I don't know what you talk about when you say Allah is a God of stone. I don't know. He says, because I told him my stepfather, you know, who is a well-respected uh, minister, and uh, he said to me how Allah is not a true God. He's not the God of the Old Testament. And this brother, his Muslim brother said to me, he said, Brother, I don't know who you talk about. He said, telling you, if there was a God and it was a wooden, what your stepfather said, I don't worship it. I don't worship it. I don't worship him. I worship the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And that's my message to y'all believers. Please quit saying that the Muslims is worship worshiping a different God. Abraham, the one Abraham was Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, folks. They worship the same Elohim. That so we're talking about, okay? Everybody shouldn't say Elian because that means plural gods, and that's going to get some of y'all. I'll I, I take the word back, Elian, but they worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, simple and plain. Simple, simple and plain. And we need to quit, quit dogging them and throwing them under the bus saying they don't worship. I me. Mean, talk about Abraham. There's all kind of wars over Abraham. I don't know where we get this business from. Sometimes I think a lot of Again, white ministers. No, you know, no offense to white people, but it's a hatred they have towards. You got to understand, if it wasn't for Islam, and I'm not a Muslim, but Islam keeps our history intact. It keeps history black. In other words, Islam. Even though I disagree with some things that I think it's trying to, what some people say it's say I don't know. Me, Prophet Muhammad, myself. But Islam preserves a lot of so-called African history. If you subtract Islam from Africa, we won't know a whole lot about ourselves. So while I disagree with maybe some of the teachings, tentacles, uh, whatever, I can't even say I disagree with the tentacles. I think I disagree with a lot of the so-called representatives of Islam. But anyway, it is the God of the Bible, folks. They do believe in the Torah like there is no Tomorrow like we believe in the Torah. They just have problems with who Christ was. Anyway, moving right along. So, how did I get off on that? I was talking about Atlanta. Mm See what happened, you get off. But, uh, anyway, believers, Christians, please quit saying God, um, Islam, worship another God. They worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, okay? All right, three Abrahamic faiths, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, all from Abraham. And the God of the Muslims is the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God of so-called Christianity is the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, Atlanta. I want to mention one other thing about Atlanta, and I want to move on to another city, Memphis. We've got some other cities to talk about. Um Met a brother by the name of, uh, I can't think of this brother's name. I just, I had to, I'll figure here in a second. Anyway, this brother really blew my mind. And, again, I'm not a Muslim. I keep talking about Islam, this, Islam, that y'all probably think, oh, you a, you're a boy? Are you one of them undercover Muslims? No, I just recognize truth no matter where I see it. And Islam has some truth for you. You better go ask somebody. Hinduism has some truth for you. You better go ask somebody. Christianity has some truth for you. you. better go ask somebody. I mean, all these religions have certain points that's just undeniably true. So does Islam. So I met this brother, and uh, it don't matter what his name was, folks. Uh, he was sharing with me about the one and only Lord Muhammad. And he was sharing with me how uh, about a book called uh, message to the Black Man. Some of y'all eyes woke up when I said that because you know about that book. Now here is a book that was wrote way back when Elijah Muhammad lived, but this book is talking about all the things that's going on today. And some people, this is why I I do not, I, while I disagree with Elijah Muhammad vehemently, and this is myself from this foolishness, that white people are the devil. I totally think that's ludicrous. And I think when people say stuff like that, oftentimes it's straight from Satan because he has to derail those people. Some people that say crazy stuff like that has profound stuff they'll say in the very next statement. case in point: Peter tells Christ, "Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God." and Christ says to Peter, "You know nobody revealed this to you. no person no flesh and blood blood has not revealed this to you, Peter." but my father, which is in heaven. So let's get this straight. The father put it in Peter's spirit and revealed to him who Christ was, because Christ was just another guy talking to some good stuff to the other disciples. But Peter got a revelation of who he was. and Christ said, the father has revealed us unto you, and I'm going to build my church on that revelation. Everybody was probably high-fiving Peter, so to speak, excited. And then Peter, the very next comment I think he makes is when Christ begins to talk about how he has to go and offer up his life, die for the sins of man, Peter says, don't let this be so. It will not happen. And then what does Christ say? Y'all remember? What did Christ say, Peter? Get behind me, Satan. That's how I look at Elijah Muhammad. One minute he'll say something very profound. Like the message to the black man A book That tells the future of our people And How does this man Supposedly uneducated Have that kind of insight It's crazy Elijah Muhammad was no joke You think about the kind of fruit And that's another way you know If a, if a person is saying something Look at the fruit they produce Listen to these names Louis Farrakhan, Malcolm X, and uh, I can't think of his son's name right now, uh, Elijah Muhammad's son, uh, War Deen Muhammad. Waris Deen Muhammad. Look at the followers. He had more followers. They have more property, they have more resources than the Nation of Islam. Warad Deen Muhammad got a strong following and ties to Saudi Arabia, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it ain't just them three guys. There's lots of tigers, lions that have come up under uh, um, um, all kind of women. And the nation of Islam have a lot of powerful people, doctors. You know, I just don't know their names. Uh, Thinking of one sister, very pretty lady. Can't think of her name. She's one of the top spokesmen there. But anyway... They have a lot of bright minds, some of the brightest people that have walked our planet and learned from Elijah Muhammad. Not to mention people like uh, Ben Ami in Israel, uh, uh, from Israel, uh, have been impressed, have learned things, have learned from Elijah Muhammad. I've heard that about him. And there's other people. I just can't think right now, but there's a lot. The list is very, very long. Um can't think of the brother used to. Uh, I think Stoke would call my it's just a lot of names. I don't want to call the wrong name. Y'all go to call me, I don't want to call me, but there's a lot of people that learn from Elijah Muhammad. So this is this was a brother introduced me to a lot of Elijah Muhammad teachings and uh some of y'all never heard of this this the concept of the triple darkness of space, the triple darkness of space, the triple darkness of space. But this guy was telling me about some of the teaching of Elijah Muhammad, and I was just floored. I was blown away. I mean, I heard about how he talked about racism and the white man and this and that and the other, but I did not know, had no clue that Elijah Muhammad could go into science the way he did. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I just didn't ever know that. I mean, no, I guess people don't read that deep. But this brother had read all of his books, most of his books, and he was going into the math and the science, talking about the darkness, how everything come out of the darkness. We look at the darkness as dark, as negative, and all that. But he was saying everything was birthed out of darkness. And he was talking about this trip of darkness in space. And I was to just. And so that was enlightenment times 100 in Atlanta, Georgia, by this one young brother. And uh, my goodness, I'm almost to call my friend and get him on the line. Uh, And um, so y'all can get some information from there But Atlanta, Georgia uh, did a lot for me With regards to the Hebrew-Israelites revelation And then also the nation of Islam With this young brother Breaking down the teachings of Elijah Muhammad I told y'all tonight I was going to talk about enlightenment In various cities all over the United States Well, Atlanta was another major, major turning point I learned so much about Elijah Muhammad I began to start buying more of his books So I listened to him separating the good from the bad. He had problems with white people. He hated. And you can only go so far when you hate. You're going to fall. But it is no doubt in my mind that that man at one point was being taught. Somebody like say, "Well, well, he was taught. How did he get off? Well, how did everybody get off? How did, how did Jim Jones get off? You think Jim Jones, all those people followed him because he was saying nothing? He was saying something at first. But it's like when, the most, when Satan sees somebody really about to do something great, he derailed them. And, and that's, I think, what happened to a lot of these people. So, anyway, that triple of darkness of, faith, of space and Elijah Muhammad for teaching uh, by this young boy in Atlanta was just unreal. I'm sorry I can't think of his name right now. Y'all just got to forgive me. Not 100% to tell you it's true. But again, if you just tune into to Five Smith Stones, if you listen to Brother Seth, and we are talking about things I learned on my travels, things I experienced on my travels, people I've met, places I've seen, um, you know, from celebrities to non-celebrities to uh, things that just made me just freeze in my track, kind of like when I saw this sphinx in, uh, in Egypt, just things that just make your mind just, just. I don't know if y'all ever seen something that just, have you ever seen a Statue and you swore it talked to you I mean I've seen so many Things that just rattle me And just change me as a person And So we're talking about those kind of experiences On tonight Uh, So far we've covered Columbus, Ohio Experiences in Columbus, Ohio We've talked about experiences in Pasadena, California With the Israelites, the community A little small community led by A gentleman called called himself Moses By the way Speaking of California Speaking of even when I was up there, Moses actually came to my city, Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, ministered at a, at a local church here. So we kind of got, uh, we we uh, became friends uh, a lot closer. Anyway, we talked about Miami. We talked about Memphis. Let me share something with you. Well, no, we didn't talk about Memphis. Let's talk about Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. What did Memphis do for me? I want you all to listen very carefully. You cannot judge. Uh, people Based upon A lot of these denominations You got to be very careful with them The church is getting dogged real hard right now And everybody thinks there is no truth in the church They're all a bunch of hypocrites Preaches out to your money blah 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 Well some of it is true Some of it is true But you got a lot Of churches that are Powerful powerful Institutions I mean on a natural level and on a spiritual level. Some of them have lost their spiritual might, but that don't mean they ain't no rockwaller. They got some serious power on a natural level. The Church of God in Christ is one of those churches that's got power on whatever level. You want to talk about music? Nobody can touch the Church of God in Christ. Nobody. No celebrity nowhere. They got all kind of talent. Talk about Andre Cross. You're talking about Shirley talk about the clocks, you're talking about uh, uh Sarah Jordan Powell, you talking about uh, I think Billy Preston came up. The whole man, you can't touch the the talent of the church of God in Christ for real, honest. I mean, whoever you are. But you can't touch even the resources. These people got some money. They got money. They got assets. They've got millions upon millions of people. they got people in every nation, probably all over the world. A lot of people don't know just how powerful these little churches are. Now, again, some of them is so dead and so out of touch with the Most High, they're spiritual, they're impotent. When it comes down to spiritual, the spiritual power, they have none. They, they, they just, they're not where they need to be. But that don't mean that things can't change. So, Tonight I want to talk about an experience I had in Memphis where uh, just Memphis, the city period, just things I, I visited when I went to Memphis. Been to Memphis several times. Uh, but I want to talk about the Church of God in Christ convocation. It happens every November. Everybody that's in the Church of God in Christ is probably about to take a nap now because they say, oh, I'm bored. I'll go every year. But the rest of the world don't know just this, this event, this, 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 this historic occasion happens. It is the largest convention in the world. It was, unless somebody didn't, didn't topple them. It's the largest for a week. No week convention is bigger than the Church of God in Christ. Now, Michael Jackson and some other celebrity might have had the largest convention for a day. Largest concert, largest gathering for a day. They may have a record, The Who or The Beatles. They may have the most people ever for a day, maybe a two day concert, but nobody has the record for a week other than the Church of God in Christ. It is crazy. Be a boy of saying the saints are coming, the saints are coming. Hotels feel just overbooked. You gotta we, we went, we couldn't even stay in no hotel. But the the guy that was booking the hotel actually did something he shouldn't do. He said, Hey man, why don't y'all stay with me? You know, we said, We don't know we what we trust you. And now we went there and met him, met his wife and said, You know, we can trust him. We stay with the guy that actually worked for the hotel. That's how we got a room because everything was sold out. And I mean, you talking about talent? Oh my goodness. You don't know where to go. There may be 18 services every night. You don't know where to go. This hotel, that hotel, you know, they got this singing over there, singing group over there. You know, you got um, uh, this preacher, out-of-sight preacher over here, out-of-sight preacher over there, out-of-sight evangelist, person operating in the gifts of the Spirit over here. You got all type of miracles going on, jumping around, you just, there's nothing, 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 nothing like the Church of God in Christ. Convocation in November happens every single year one thing I learned and I told you tonight was sharing about enlightenment enlightening moments of my life I didn't know that there was that many black people that met that's number one there was a change, there was something to see and you know I really wish a lot of white people can see this, it ain't just for black people uh I think, Billy Graham, I think Billy Graham actually spoke at the one I went to now, I think about it. I think Billy Graham himself spoke at the Church of God of Christ Convocation. The one uh, that I went to, um, and I'll tell you how you can figure it out which which year it was, is when they first, uh, when Karen Clark first sang uh, Endow Me. Endow Me. That, that song was first sung at the one I went to. Make the long story short. I saw so many young people that are turned on to the most high, so many young people there who's devoted their lives to living right. I saw so many young people there, so many virgin women. How did you know they were virgin? Well, uh, you know, young people talk when we met different young people there. And, uh, I'm talking about guys, not just girls, guys, virgin, virtuous guys. And uh, we just begin to talk and mingle with a lot of the youth there and begin to learn a lot of the stuff. And you talk, I mean, I think every black person before they die, every white person too for real, but for sure every so-called black person before they die need to make it up to Memphis in November. You have not, you don't have a clue. I'm not doing it no justice. The place is just crazy. It don't matter if you like church or not. you got to go see it. It's better than 90 carnivals at the same time. I mean, to see all them people dressed up beautiful. It's like the jazz festival. You know how the jazz festival, Cincinnati's have a jazz festival, a big one. People come all over the uh, country to that one. I think they had them probably other places. But it's like the jazz festival, except there's more people than the jazz festival, way more people, probably seven times more people. They're all black. And then it ain't just young people. It's old people. they dressed up. Everybody dressed to kill. And, and, and of course, they on their good, best behavior, and everybody's speaking in kind. And you go to the coffee shops at night, people up, saying something, talking about the most high, giving them praise, folks singing in the street. I guess it's still like that. But to me, there was nothing ever, you know. Probably the closest experience I have to that is the Million Man's March. That Church of God of Christ convocation, enlightenment is not even a word. It really blessed me. It helped me. It encouraged me. It it done so much for me as a person, and it will probably for you too. again, the Church of Christ convocation ain't no joke, okay? I just got to say it. I know some of y'all may not consider it enlightenment, but you just got to know that I, you know, things have changed. I've seen lots of giant conventions since then, but even Potter's House, Jake's, and all of the so-called things we're impressed by today, it still can't touch this convention. All of these priests come together, all these bishops, and and, and just so much going on, meetings, important meetings, and Mason Temple, that's another thing I forgot to mention, Mason Temple. Mason Temple uh, is where the bishop, uh, Mason, uh, first, the one who founded the Church of God in Christ was his church and uh, he has an upper room, a prayer room where so many miracles have happened and I mean it's kind of like the place in Europe where they had the black Madonna, you know and they had all these miracles where people come from all over the world just to be at black Madonna to try to hopefully the miracle happen to them well that's the way Mason Temple is Mason Temple has this room where Bishop Mason lived lots of miracles happen. people still to this day have gotten healed and terminally ill people have went to mason temple well i got a chance to experience that's actually where i met karen clark at i mean i talked to her on the phone but that's why i actually met her face to face with douglas miller introduced her so make the long story short memphis 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 so much so much in memphis it's just unbelievable okay now uh i want to also talk about san jose and uh San Francisco. This the last trip I went. I actually went to a training for my job, and uh, it was in. Uh, let me have to think. I don't want to want to make sure I get this right. It was in San Jose. Where is the Silicon Valley? Yes, San Jose. That's where we were. But I ended up uh, going to San Francisco also on the same trip. Now, what I want to say to y'all is, this trip. Wasn't so much an enlightenment well it was enlightenment in a different way. Now I want y'all to listen real close on this because some of y'all need this. Uh, some of y'all need to know that the Father cares about us and our needs and our wants. He cares about us as a as a uh, as humanity. I've never been to the sea. I've never been to the north west part of the United States, and so the Father blessed me to be able to go up to. San Jose. And uh what happened was I know okay. it's coming to me now. All right. I went to Seattle and uh I'll go ahead and tell you I'll share this with y'all. I work for American I mean I work for uh, Alaska Airlines and their training is done in Seattle. Their training is done in Seattle, but what they do is they want their agents to get on hand uh type of experience. So after they also want to impress them, so they fly them down to San Jose, California, and let them train there. So you learn in classroom in, in Seattle, and then they to impress you, they fly, I guess because they got a cheaper setup. But they want you to get away. They want you to learn different, uh different uh, scene. Uh, I guess Seattle is not big enough or whatever, but we train in San Jose. Now, if you notice, San Jose is right around the corner from San Francisco. And so I'm going to show you how the most I work. San Francisco, to me, has been the most beautiful place I've ever seen up until this trip. Watch this. So I'm trying to show you how the Father will just shower you with his love. This has nothing to do with the five smooth stones, the five topics I talk about. This is showing you the mercy, the love of the Father, how he cares about our goals, our dreams, our wishes, or whatever. Now, uh, I had never been to the Northwest, and uh, I had really wanted to go back. And I also wanted to go and see San Francisco again because up until that point San Francisco had been the most beautiful place I've seen. I've been all over the world, but nothing can touch certain angles in San Francisco when you got that Golden Gate Bridge and Alcatraz on this side and you looking at all these bridges, it can be very nice. To make the long story short, I flew to Seattle and all I thought when I flew to Seattle was I was just going there for training and they'd spring on us, uh that we we're going to get to go to San Jose, California. Now, when I was up in Seattle, again, this message, this this particular trip did not enhance five smooth stones in no way. No none of the five topics that I talk about is going to be covering this trip. This was just a time for the Father to show me his love, and I'll show you what I mean in a second. So, we flew up to Seattle. I had been very depressed. Had had a job in a while And I walked into a place And those of y'all Looking for work And uh, actually I'm looking for a better job now I'm this is the path But actually I'm looking for a better job Than where I'm at right now So this is this is to remind me how good God is And anybody out there listening So let me just explain what happened here Y'all understand it better the more I talk to you again So I was pretty depressed And I was just you know Praying about what I need to do next And all this And so I walked into the airport And this is the true story Y'all ain't going to believe me I don't expect to Because it's going to sound crazy Walked to the airport Looking for a job And I was just tired You know sometimes You don't want to put in another application Another resume Another nothing You're just tired That's how I was And I prayed And I just believed that the most high is going to make a way I just believe it Call it super spiritual Whatever I just believe He's going to do it And uh I did not look for jobs like most people do. I never looked for jobs like most people do. I don't believe in knocking on the whole lot doors, putting all our resumes. But the few that I did, and it was probably every bit of six, I was tired. You know, some of y'all cracking up because you're like six. Yeah, that's. I just hate it. I despise it. I despise putting up. I despise the whole job search. So after about six, I was tired. Tired of the no's. I didn't want to hear nobody say no again. Even though it was just six, I know how they to look for forty, fifty. I've done that too. But I'm, I'm just. I was couldn't do. I only could do the. And I remember walking into this building. Y'all not gonna believe this. From the time I walked into the airport, I actually got hired within thirty minutes. I had a job. I left the airport with a job, and knowing that I was going to be going out of town for training. All this happened in 30 minutes. Really, it was more like 20 minutes. Walked up to one person. They gave me that, no, we're not hiring. I walked to Delta, asked, no, y'all hiring Delta? How they said no? So I walked up to that Alaska airline, and the lady said, listen, I want you to call my boss. And so I called. She called her boss, handed me herself, and he started to interview me on the phone. So that's my, my experience. We found out we worked for the same company in the past, and I got hire on the spot. Now, watch this. I've always wanted to go to the Northwest part of the United States, never been, and wouldn't you know, that was where the training was at. Now, oh, well, so what, Seth, you got to go to Seattle? No, 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 you don't get it. It was what I experienced in Seattle. I remember said earlier that it's not that I get to go here go there. It's how I go. It's who I meet. I begin to, when I went to Seattle, they put us in one of the nicest areas. I was able to walk at night and see the beauty, and Seattle actually was more beautiful than San Francisco. But the most I ain't done yet. I was looking at Seattle going, my, 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 look how beautiful this place is, you know. And, I mean, it was Gorgeous! That Seattle area, that downtown, that, that you can't touch that. Nothing can touch that. that beer against them got a nice little niche there, you know niche there. So watch this. Didn't explain on us. Y'all gonna go to San Jose for train? I'm like San Jose. Why can't we don't train to Seattle Airport? Why we gotta go? So I was happy, but I was just like, well, why don't they? Why can't we just can train here at the airport? But they say no. We gonna send y'all to San Jose. And I did not know that San Jose was across the street from not across the street, but a train ride over from San Francisco. I just didn't know it. Geographically I didn't know it. I just thought we're going to San Jose, Silicon Valley, whatever that is, you know, where all the computers are made. So we go there and I have a wonderful experience. They put us in some of the nicest so they treated us like royalty. This was the most high on wine and dining. Y'all watch this. The training was a piece of cake. The training was, I wasn't at training. It was like a vacation because all this stuff I knew. So the most high, decided, made sure I was hired when I was off work. He made sure our bills was paid. I mean, we didn't, we didn't, we wasn't sitting up here with, exes, we wasn't uh, balling. That's the word I was looking for. But all the bills was paid, but I was just ready to go back to work. And I went and applied to this place, got hired, like I said, it 30 minutes, able to go to a place I've always wanted to see, see out of the Northwest. Not only did I go there, but I went to say, say And then they tell me, well, you know, San Francisco is a train ride away. And I'm like, are you serious? And they say, how long? I think it was on like a 45-minute train ride, something like that, 30 or 40. And I got to go see my most important, beautiful place up to that point. And I got to go to San Francisco, got to go to uh, Fisherman's, Wharf, off Fisherman's Wharf, and all the places I wanted to see the most I just came through. And it was an enlightening moment of my life in that I felt his love and him saying, I ain't forgot about you. But that is not the end of it. Watch this. <laughs> So somebody said, well, you know, we're up here in Seattle. We were up here Canada. So I said, well, Canada, that's right. Let's, let's check it out. Let's check that out. And remember, we're in training. But I, so far, what is that, three places? All of this happened in one little trip, a training trip. I got a chance to share the five smooth stones with some coworkers, but this ain't so much about five smooth stones, but I was sharing with them all the way up to we drove to Vancouver. Now watch this. We're in Vancouver looking, I'm saying, man, this place is nice. And we get lost. And some kind of way, we're we're downtown, and so we get lost, and we wind up on this bridge. And if anybody's been to Vancouver, y'all probably laugh because you know exactly what I'm about to say. We're on this bridge, and I look up, and here is like, I don't know how we missed downtown. We thought we were in downtown. We were not in downtown. We end up coming across a bridge, and those of y'all live in Vancouver know the same thing about Vancouver. This bridge has got to be the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. And it surpassed San Francisco and Seattle as the most beautiful thing. There is nothing. Just go on your Google Page right now and just Google uh Vancouver downtown. We was on that bridge coming across with all of those apartment looking buildings. I mean they got more buildings seem like the New York. And it wasn't that it's was just the beauty of the place, the greenery. And I know that might be small to y'all, some of y'all might say, Oh what's the deal about that? the deal about it was first of all I like to travel some I liked. And uh there I was depressed. Without a job, in 30 minutes I had a job. 30 minutes I was uh, in my most beautiful city. Uh, well, not in 30 minutes, but I was on my way to Seattle. While when I went to a place I've always wanted to go, I got a chance to see another place. I didn't. He yeah, asked to go to San Jose, but I got a chance to go there and saw a lot. San Jose was really nice. The places I've seen. They only put us in us up. up us up in the best, and then I was able to go to San Francisco and revisit, reconnect with my old love, so to speak, and then I got a new love. That Vancouver tops it. So it is by far the most beautiful place I've ever seen today, surpassing San Francisco beauty. And so I just said I just want to kind of end this whole experience. Um, uh, we'll talk about the different cities I've seen. Nothing can top that um, That that trip. Nothing That was one of my most memorial trips trips with regards to the Father's love and him, his presence. I felt it so strong in Seattle. I felt such a sense of the Father's love for me on those trips. There were so many things I uh, experienced. I got an award for most professional out of everybody. It's just a lot of things that happened on that trip. I began to walk. I begin to meet certain people. It was just that trip I can go on and on and on and on and on. I stumbled upon uh, so much beauty. Uh, uh, we, after I rented a car, I began to drive around. It was almost like I was being toured. Uh, uh, it was like I was being toured by the spirit. I mean, I saw so much in Seattle. I saw Bill Gates home, lots of things. I can't touch it. I just can't touch the trip. I can't think of everything. It's so much happened on that little old trip. In San Jose, in Seattle, in San Francisco, wonderful time on Fisherman's Wharf. And Vancouver, got a chance to go up in the uh, one place where you can do the revolving restaurant, which a lot of cities have. But I just had to tell you about Vancouver, so it wasn't directly related to new Stones, but yes, it was in a, in a strange way because um, Father's Love is is pretty much about the Kingdom message, which is also one of those. Now, real quick, we got Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. I'm telling y'all, you hear nothing till you hear what I'm about to share with y'all uh, with regard to Kansas City. All right, there's a gentleman by the name of Jefferson Edwards. You can Google him if you want, if you're online. Uh, um, Jefferson Edwards is one of the forerunners for ministers speaking out uh, uh, about blacks in the Bible and and people of Ethnic, he is the one that had the book called Chosen, Not Curse. Y'all know that book, Chosen, Not Curse? If you haven't heard of Chosen, Not Curse, uh, you're missing a treat. Some of y'all know a lot of, most of the stuff y'all know, because so people have talked about it, but you probably know it, but Jefferson Edwards is the one that started uh, a lot of the teaching. Here's what he taught. Jefferson Edwards is the one that... Uh, this is the one minister that went around the world, world, really, uh, debating this whole ham theory thing. And he challenged the voices, the world, uh, that the Creator, um, that the Bible was full of black people. Actually, let me back up. Jefferson's message was in Chosen Not Curse that there were blacks in the Bible. Because actually, the picture um, on the book is a picture of Christ portrayed as a white person, and a black man carrying, helping Christ carry the cross. So Jefferson was a little victim at first. I forget the new Jefferson think more like what I was saying earlier. The Bible is full of black people, but earlier when he wrote *Chosen Not Curse*, he was just trying to refute the fact that Ham, that. you know, the Ham was cursed, and the black race was cursed to be black because Ham was cursed. So this book, Chosen My Curse, he put out was to refute the whole lie about Ham uh, being cursed black. That's what Chosen My Curse was about. But then he wrote Liberation No Longer Bound, a bunch of other books. But Jefferson Edwards, I challenged him on the whole concept, the early Jefferson Edwards. Uh, and I think he have changed may still believe it, but I think he has changed. But the early difference now was um, the book became very popular, Chosen my Curse, and I challenged that book. I saw him speak at this church and I went up to him and I challenged him to hit the book, and I say, my brother, I love your book, but I have issues with you believing that Ham is the father of the black race, Shem is the father of the yellow race, which is where the so-called Jews come out of, and Japheth or Yafoth is the father of the white race. I have problems with that doctrine. He said, "Well, my no, brother, go ahead, share what you got." And I begin to say, a concept I created called "balance the population." I said, "If you would balance the population, it wouldn't be nonsense what you're saying." He said, "What do you mean by balance the population?" I said, "Well, you got to understand that Caucasians have murdered." A whole planet full of Africans, African Americans, or, or, or black people. Then they're going to South America and they murdered. And they, they well, I, I, what I say was they, they have murdered a planet full of people. And I say, and he said, well, that's true. And I start talking about numbers. I say, you mean South I used to know the exact numbers. Not the exact number, but a ballpark number. I said it was X amount of millions in South America. And then they came to North America and they did X amount of Indians. And then they went to Africa in the Middle Passage. I pulled all these numbers. And I said, if you add that number, that's, that's the, the amount of people that's on the planet today. So these people have just literally destroyed um, over a planet full of non white people. I'd say, so if they live, those of you in the chat room, I just got a reminder that we got 90 seconds, 90 seconds. So I'm about to drop uh, the bomb on, on on you. I'm not done. I'm about to drop some serious information on you with these other cities. So you might want to call the number if you want to be a part of it. I'm telling you, I'm not just teasing you. I've got more information. I'm almost about to wrap this up. in maybe about another 15, 10, 15 minutes. So please call the phone number if you want to continue to listen. Otherwise, thank you all for listening tonight. Don't forget to follow I follow, five stone, please. But you might want to tune in. Call the number 760-283-0838. I'll go ahead and post this number real quick in the uh, uh, chat room for you. But two eight three zero eight three eight. you got about 30 seconds. Two eight three seven six zero two eight three zero eight three eight. 760 283 838 okay? Call me. All right. So anyway, I begin to... Uh, I challenged him, and he invited me to come to his headquarters in my, in uh, Kansas City. I flew up to see him, and Jefferson also invited me to travel with him to South America, and, and uh, that's another story. Uh, but the brother was really, mm-hmm. really believing what what I was sharing. He was blessed by the things I was sharing. So I began to just start sharing with him about how God is not, uh, how it don't make sense, this whole red, the whole uh, black ham, Shem is yellow, Japheth and Yapheth is white. My stepfather have been teaching that in a lot of the racist uh, seminaries all across the world, well, mainly in the United States, not across the world, mainly in the United States, teach that. And then they, then they go push that mess off onto the whole world. And, uh, you know, in the world, a lot of religions, a lot of Christianity get their information from the states, the United States. So anyway, but it originates in the United States, this lie. So I begin to to, to say I have trouble with that. I said, Japheth, I want you all to listen to this deep. This is going to blow your way. Check this out. Out of those three sons that Noah had, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, or Japheth, because there was no J, out of those three sons, there Japheth had the fewest amount of children, which just so happens to be the white one. And as you know, black is the dominant gene. These are the things I shared with Jefferson. I said, Jefferson, black is the dominant gene. Black is the dominant gene. So Shem was yellow, and that's more dominant than white. So if Shem marries a white person. If his seed, if his children's children marry uh, married Yapheth or Japheth's children, their babies are going to be white. The children will be white. And don't let Ham get a hold of Japheth. If their children mingle, the baby is going to be white. The descendants are going to be white, I should say. I said, so, and it would, be, it would help if Japheth had the most kids. Maybe they can take some mixing and still be around, but it just so happened they had the shortest amount of kids out of the three sons. I say, Jefferson, it don't make sense. You can't come out with no rainbow, no white family, black family, yellow family. They was all black. And he liked that. And then, not that I needed him to like it, but this was his, enlightenment. I begin to share the battle of the population. I say, if you put back that planet of people that have been destroyed at the hands of the Caucasians, we wouldn't be even talking about whites in the Bible because there will be no whites. If you put on this planet right now, just think, listener, if we put, it's seven billion people on this planet. If we put 7 billion non-white people on this planet, and white people are 8% right now of the planet, 8%, a whopping 8%, 92% of the planet is non-white. If we put into this planet a billion people, I mean, excuse me, 7 billion people, a planet full of people non-white, there will be no white people. That 8% would drop down to, I don't even know if that's a number, point point zero 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 four or something. But it wasn't 7 billion people you got to put back on the planet. you got to put back more than that because those people had children, they had children, they had children, they had children, they children, they had children, those children had children, 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 children. That's a big number. Even if you subtract the deaths because a lot of them are going to die over you know, different generations have different deaths. Even if you subtract all the deaths out, you're still going to have more than 7 billion people. Or if you just had 1 billion people, which is a show enough conservative number, you're still talking about extinction of so-called white-skinned people. Not the people's spirit. They're always going to live. But I'm talking about white skin extinction, if I'm saying that right. I'm tired, y'all. I've been talking, 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 talking. So anyway, Kansas City was a powerful moment. It was when Jefferson Edwards made a U-turn. I, was I also talked to him about saying the word fair. I mentioned this on the last show. But he no longer used the word fair. Y'all need to be using it, too, because there's no such thing as white skin, meaning fair skin. Look up that word in Hebrew or the Greek, anything you got, and you're going to come up with the word beauty. If you look up the Hebrew or the Greek for the word fair, I don't even know if it appears in the, Old, in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, for sure would talks about fair this, fair that. It means beauty. Have absolutely positively, nothing to do with white. Somebody who is lying, again, white supremacists, trying to force something to the Bible that's not there. Don't be a part of it. Please, don't be a part of it. Don't be a part of it. Please, don't promote white supremacy. If it's true, it's true. If it's not, it's not. It's not as bashing against white people. But, I mean, have you ever heard of, of fair weather, fair speech? What is that, a white speech or white what? don't make sense. Fair just means beauty. Okay, New Orleans. Um, New Orleans uh, talked about uh, a little bit last show. Um uh, Probably should let it slide. Uh, New Orleans was just a time I... This was the last show about New Orleans. I talked about the whole voodoo thing and, uh, how that, uh, it was an enlightening time for me because, uh, I did a lot of research on voodoo while I was down in New Orleans, and I learned a whole lot of stuff, talked to some people that might have worked it. actually talked to some people that did work it. And, uh, they gave me their take on it. i began to look. The voodoo's origin is nothing like y'all think. But I said, talk about that last week. I'm not going to talk about it the beginning this week. So let's do the last show. All right. We're talking about Columbus, Baltimore, Maryland uh, area. Uh, went to Baltimore, to D.C., and man, a small church. You know, this is a church. Uh, I went to this church in Baltimore where this lady was saying that uh, this is where I saw people. Actually, when y'all hear me talk about offerings and uh this was an enlightening time for me because I did not know that ministers would go to such an extreme, I don't think I've seen nothing like it since. This lady preacher was saying that uh, she was basically twisting her people's arm to have them to give their whole check away. Y'all ever heard of the minister's preacher? I ain't heard that. I ain't heard Jakes so or nobody on TV and ever have I heard somebody talk about giving away your whole check, and she had a congregation of a bunch of young people who I know didn't have a lot of money. And it, was, it was older people there, too. But uh saw a lot of deception in that service, and that was an enlightening time for me to see just how far preachers would go to deceive God's people. And uh, that was a heartbreaker for me. Uh, but don't have much experience in Baltimore. I didn't get a chance to go and see the whole Baltimore D.C. thing. Uh, D.C. just... D.C. will probably just be one of the greatest places I've been because of uh, the inauguration and the Million Man March. I don't think nothing can top that. But uh, that area is very exciting. I don't think I'm going to share. I can't even really think, to tell you the truth, I can't even think of too many things we did. I know, I'm trying to think, when I fellowship with this brother, I met this brother, and... Uh, what do mm-hmm. we do? We visit his church. Mm-hmm. Some of the young young ladies is trying to talk to him. And uh, anyway, my mind, I didn't really, I should have thought longer on Baltimore. I'm sure I can think of something. But uh, I always do after I go off the show. But anyway, Baltimore was a nice experience. Baltimore, D.C., I look the same area. Okay? So, Anyway, folks, I know I always do, I always, I can't help it, I always get caught off into one city too much, more so than the other city, um, but we did get a chance to talk about Columbus tonight, we talked about Kansas City, we talked about Miami, we talked about Pasadena, we talked about Seattle, we Talk about Los Angeles, let's just end out with Los Angeles, okay, um, and please know there's many other cities I've been to, but it was more like I was just there to be a tourist. And what I try to do on Five Smooth Stones' show, this network, is I try to talk about just the Five Smooth Stones or some very strong spiritual Can I have. But I've been to Gary, Indiana, see, Michael Jackson, all, uh, uh, been up to uh, up to Missouri, uh, uh, been up to uh, Oklahoma, other parts of Oklahoma, been to Oklahoma City. There's been a lot of places I've been. But it just don't have any, uh, I don't remember anything of significance, uh, any significant contributions to me spiritually. I was just there as a tourist, okay, and that's why I'm not bringing those up. But, yes, Brother Seth, there have been a lot more places. But these places changed my life, and that's what this show is about, places that changed my life uh, that I've had a chance to visit, okay. And there are places like, uh, uh, Toronto, I think I forgot to mention Buffalo, Toronto. I guess Toronto international. But uh, I did forget to mention uh, we'll hit Buffalo again. Uh, Toronto and uh, Los Angeles, the Raptors show up. So just give me a minute here. Uh, Buffalo, Niagara Falls, uh, Toronto, nice area. Y'all know Niagara Falls. It's just Niagara Falls and Niagara Falls. going to be nice. But t- Toronto... I think I forgot to mention that on my international. So um, I want to talk about the international show. So let me just say this real quick. I had the wonderful pleasure of meeting um, Maxine Smith, Kirk, and Minerva, uh, this wonderful couple, these people in their church. Actually, check this out. Jefferson Edwards, they are the ones that introduced me to Jefferson that, that was, uh Kirk and Minerva me I forget their names, but there was ministers up there in the Toronto area. I met them through uh, Maxine Smith, and they're the ones that said to me, Brother Seth, there is a guy named Jefferson Edwards who talked just like you. And I say, I wasn't aware that anybody talked like me, not that I'm some great person, but I have a calling for my life, and I know one of them is to deal with racism. And when I heard that there was a minister that was dealing with racism, I jumped on that. And so thanks be to my friends in Toronto, Canada. And I spent a lot of time with them. I used to go up there a lot. I mean a lot. And uh, thanks be to them. They're the ones that introduced me. And then I got a hold of uh, something I needed to see, Jeff Edwards. I needed to see Jefferson Edwards. And so Gary was going to ORU, and he said, you're not going to believe this, man. But did you say you wanted to meet a guy named Jefferson Edwards? I said, yes, I didn't see that guy. He said, there's a guy. There's a lady, there's a girl, excuse me, a to O.R.U. that's a member of this church. I said, you kidding me? And so that lady got me in touch with Jefferson, and uh, then I heard he was going to be in town, and uh, and I went to see him, and that's when I challenged his book, and that's how he I ended up flying to Kansas City, and, and I got that whole red carpet treatment. I mean, treated me like king. I had me in his home, beautiful home, and I met his wife and kids and got to go to the ministry. I mean, that's not nothing probably to you, but to me that was something because when people say they believe in you, that's one thing. But when they invite you over to their home and fix meals for you and treat you like a king, that's a whole other world. And I did get that, and that, that was just a very enlightening time for me to just see um, for me to be a blessing to him. That's how that was enlightened to me. But most of that was ministered to him. And to this day we're friends because of that. But anyway, back quickly. I know I mean to get back on there, but I just thought of that. Uh but the, oh, I know what. the Toronto people. So Toronto, uh much uh lot of experience there in Toronto with the people, uh with that ministry. Um, forget the name, it's been such a long time ago. Yeah, so you're forgetting a lot of names. But uh that's true. I do forget a lot of things. Some of these people I don't keep up with. I did at first, but you just never know that one day you're gonna be on a blog talking about them. So you know, keep your business cards. All I often tell you. Um, so that's what Toronto did. That was uh, the enlightening thing about Toronto was me sharing again there in Toronto. People being blessed, and this is one time I did share the Foss song. We talked about racism. We talked about one world government. We talked about the Hebrew issue. And uh, so it was just a blessing to be in a Toronto area uh, to still see the CNN Tower and all those beautiful – Toronto is like a clean New York. I never – I always call it the clean New York. It's like New York City cleaned up, beautiful place. So anyway, there you have mm-hmm. it. Um, last but not least, and I know I'm going to be out – that was a short version of Toronto. There's a lot happened in all of those trips I went – but uh, that was the short version. Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Los Angeles. So much happened in Los Angeles, I know I'm not going to do it no justice. All I can say is nation of Islam is very strong there, a lot of history. And uh, every time I went to L.A., I learned so much about, uh, of course, when I first went to the first two trips, it was... Uh, because uh, what I used to do, I actually used to do a L.A. Vegas trip. I know that sounds vain. But we actually, Arlene and I, would do an L.A. Vegas trip with the kids. And we would stop by, uh, I'm getting a little tired to be honest with y'all. We would stop by Beverly uh, Hills and all this like that. So it was more of a touristy thing. Uh, but there was a lot of knowledge exchanged there. They have a strong African presence there, uh, African community. Uh, they have a strong Hebrew-Israelite following them, trying to get that out. Okay, you don't hear a lot about them, but they, uh, L.A., no joke, they have Israelites just like Atlanta does, probably thousands, and they're just on the West Coast. That's why you don't hear much. In the, uh, they just miss out on a lot of stuff, but they are strong, and uh, I've had a chance to meet some of them. Uh, but more importantly, I think for L.A., the Muslims have really done a lot. uh, to mingle with them and um, I'm trying to think my notes I made some notes here on i I actually not fine. anyway let me wrap this show up it's 1.15 I know some of y'all have to go to bed but folks this is just some of the places I've been with the most I've done I apologize for the whole LA thing but I've been there several times my Uncle Bud used to live there sent my mother and father there LA we ain't no joke to LA we ain't no stranger to LA but I just can't think now. I, every time I think I've been, it's probably been. A, I know I went to Disneyland, not Disney World. I to Disneyland. I think it was Disney. I went to Disney World. There are there's several things there, and mostly LA probably has just been a touristy thing. Probably shouldn't even brought it up. But I know, I know. If I think long enough, there's more to us. I apologize. I'm totally unequipped to talk about LA. But anyway, I'm sure y'all enjoyed the other cities. I'm sure if you had hopefully learned some things, was inspired by some things, was, uh, you know, hopefully y'all was blessed to hear me talk about Columbus and Seattle and Vancouver and uh, Pasadena, Moses and his, his group in Pasadena, Miami and, and the, Muslim, the Nation of Islam and Atlanta and uh, Memphis and Kansas City. So these are just some of the places in the states that, the Most High bless me to see. Maybe I'll do a show where we'll talk about nothing but what I did, fun stuff. No ministry, just fun stuff. Places I've been for fun. Then I can mention the Gary, Indiana's, and and all these other places I've been Those was just strictly for fun. Indianapolis, you know, um, Indiana and. Uh, All right. So anyway, Lexington, Kentucky, just other places I've been, just to be, just to say, oh, this is what's funny happened at this store, you know, something like that. Do a just a trip, just a show where we talk about every place I've been. That would be interesting. Okay. Sometimes probably need to go in the non-ministry mode. But anyway, listen, everybody, you've been listening to Five Smooth Stones. While I end it kind of on a dud note with the L.A. thing, I still think y'all have enjoyed hearing all of these things that I've talked about. I know they have blessed me. I just thank you most high for allowing me to see all these wonderful places I've seen, not just in the world but in the United States, all the people, Moex to, to Moses to all. to Thank you, Father, for all the things that I've been able to see, and I thank you that if this, is just the beginning, that there are more places to see, more people to meet, and more things to see, and I just thank you, I thank you, I thank you, thank you for those experiences. Uh, amen. And to you listening, remember I asked most high in 1988, can I see the world? I didn't ask to be in the United States, I want to see other explanations, I want to Going on, I'm tired. These people speak food, uh how do they say it? Sp- spoon feeding me through their own racist uh, the way they look at things. And sometimes people don't mean to be racist. They just I'm telling you, United States, in America, we just brainwashed. We just all brainwashed to give this white man more glory, and he is precious. White people are precious. Black people are precious. They truly are. And I mean that with all my heart. I don't mean no disrespect to anybody. But it's something wrong when you start twisting history to the degree, to the detriment of other people. And this is why I ask the Most High, can I please see other nations, other interpretations of the Bible? I want to know what's really going on in our world. I don't want to just be somebody's project, somebody's puppet. And that's what a lot of y'all are. A lot of us, I would say are. I'm going to say us. You know, we're just controlled by other people. But I thank God I can't say us because I cannot. I believe the most have answered my prayer. He has let me know. I see what's going on in the world. I see. I don't know every little evil, but I see generally what is going on in this planet. And starts with us getting rid of these lies talk taught in the United States. We can just shut down this liar, these, this lying media, this media that, that controls, they start off real soft, just telling you about some gentle news clip. By the time they're done, they have you hating your people and worshiping them. By the time they're done, they have you hating your religion and worshiping their religion. And I think Christianity is great. You know, but there's a lot of parts of it that smells like any other lie does, and I'm not no fool. I see what they're trying to do, even with Christianity. so once we get past all these lies that the West is producing this, this, all these philosophies to take over world governance, this fake democracy, this all this fakeness and, and just if we can just shut the mouth of the West and just let some of the other countries speak. That have been exploited. Let them speak. Let Chad speak. Let Nigeria speak. Let India speak. Let these, some of these nations speak and leave for a change. I'm not anti American. I'm anti sin. And America is full of it, and they have not allowed their people to know the truth for a very long time. And I just thank the most high. What little bit of light I do see, I do see. Good night. God bless you.
0: When you're happy you're more optimistic so here's a way to feel a little happier take a few minutes to send an email of thanks or maybe a real on-paper letter if that's your thing to someone who's
2: been especially kind the boost you get will last for weeks frost opt for optimism